this Wednesday, August 30th, MLB Picks edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Roster brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. And we're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook using promo code SGP. Welcome, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, August the 29th, here to get into our Wednesday MLB betting picks for August 30th. And joining me here to help me break it all down, you guys know him as the voice of the NBA Gambling Podcast, WNBA Tennis, NFL, and of course, here on MLB Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Rochelle. Scott, how's it going, my man? Hey, doing pretty well. Uh, no baseball today, so I've been watching tennis. So how's it going with you? Oh, that'll uh, definitely get you through the day. We'll get all of us uh, through the day that actually maybe bet on tennis and actually are watching uh, a Grand Slam here. But yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been an uneventful day for MLB, obviously, with no day games like you mentioned. But hey, we got some tennis to get us through the week, at least with uh, games kicking off uh, very early. So yeah, it's been it makes the day go by faster for sure. Also joining us, you guys know him as a voice on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Lante Smith. Lante, how's it going, my man? Not bad, man. Uh, good to be breaking down the car with you guys. Um, it's like my third time breaking these teams down. So uh, trying to get a good read on them uh, and pick out some winners. Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned, we have about, what, 30-some-odd games left for each team. I mean, we're getting down to the wire here. Still a lot to be determined here, so some meaningful baseball definitely left uh, for a lot of these teams here. And again, Wednesday and Thursday usually means we get day baseball, and that starts tomorrow. Let's get uh, get right into it with our first game on the board. It's going to be a 105 Eastern start. The Los Angeles Angels, they are taking on the Philadelphia Phillies. I see Reed Detmers is getting the start here for the LA Angels. And Christopher Sanchez, a battle of left-handed pitchers here uh, for these two squads. Uh, currently, I am seeing the Phillies are a minus 155 road, sorry, home favorite, plus 130 on the money line for the Angels. Total set at 9.5 with a big towards the under. Run line minus 1.5, plus 136 for the Phillies here, and plus 1.5, minus 162. Uh, for the uh, LA Angels here, like I mentioned, two left-handed pitchers here with Reed Detmers has been struggling. He's having had his moments. I think the one highlight that we've always been talking about with him has been the no-hitter that he threw a few seasons ago. But Lante, take us over to the Phillies and Angels, man. What do we got? Yeah, so I'm going to go uh, a lot on the Phillies here. I like them, you know, to win the game. I like them on the run line. I think that price is kind of cheap for Detmers. I mean on the road versus this Philly offense who's been hitting the ball pretty well. And they, I think historically they hit lefties pretty well uh, and they have been this season. I think they're pretty much going to mash him. Um, I mean, Sanchez has been pretty good. He's uh, in his last three starts only, he hasn't allowed over two earned runs um, in those three starts. And if you expand it a little bit more, it's been since June 17th. So that's 12 appearances between that time. He's only allowed over three earned runs once. Um, This Angels offense, not really scaring me outside of, Shohei, who's battling a, an injury. So I think it's going to be all gas for Philadelphia. I would look for them the team total to go over. First five, full game. I saw this opened up offshore uh, a little bit shorter than this, and that that immediately got hit. I saw like 127, 130. I thought that was way too low. Uh, I still think right now at this current price is, is still too low. Probably close around 170, 175. So I like the Phillies big here. Scott? 
Yeah, I'm on the same uh, page here. I think that Philly's going to bury Detmers. Detmers had one good start recently against the Rangers, and then he immediately responded by giving up four earned against the Reds. But he's allowed at least four earned in three of his last four starts. The Phillies have been doing very well against left-handed pitching this season. They're top 10 in OPS against lefties. And they've also seen a lot of lefties recently, so they might be able to pick up the pitches even better than normal. But you're looking at the Phillies at home. They buried Giolito yesterday, who's not very good. I see a pretty similar script here because this pitcher is not good either. Give me the Phillies to bury him. The Angels have nothing to play for. I think the Phillies roll. Yeah, two teams that are going in opposite directions here. I'm on the Phillies here as well. Uh, Like Scott mentioned, that the Phillies are doing really well um, against left-handed pitching. I think that's going to continue here uh, against Reed Detmers uh, on Wednesday afternoon in Philadelphia. Um, Let's get over to the next game on the board here, gentlemen. Another 12, uh, sorry, 105 Eastern start. We have the Chicago White Sox. They are in Baltimore to take on the Orioles. Dylan Cease is going to start here for the Chicago White Sox. And Kyle Gibson is going to start here for the Baltimore Orioles. Orioles are a minus 162 uh, home favorite, plus 136 on the money line for the Chicago White Sox. Total set at nine. A little bit of juice towards the under at minus 112. Run line minus one and a half, plus 124 for the Baltimore Orioles. And plus one and a half minus 148 uh, for the Chicago White Sox. Lante, what do we got for this game? Yeah, so I think Cease probably could have benefited similar to what um, Lance Lynn did because he, he hasn't been good lately. Um, so he probably should have switched teams. I know the White Sox, I don't, I don't know what they were doing at the deadline. Probably should have moved him because his value is going to be, you know, diminished going into to next year. But I mean, he's had some issues lately, like especially with his control. He has a total of 19 walks in his last four starts. Um, he's allowed five plus runs in three of his last five starts. And that includes going against Oakland and Colorado or pretty much the two of the bottom three teams um, in the MLB in that span between those two teams is allowed 13 earned runs. I mean, Baltimore is, is really good at home. Obviously their bats are doing really good. I don't think they should have a problem scoring six plus here. So I like their team total to go over. Uh, I don't want to lay 160. So just I'll take a half unit and put it on that run line um, at a nice plus price. I think they can win by three or four runs here. So Baltimore team total to go over, and I like them on the run line here against Cease. Scott, what do we got? Yeah, I think Baltimore is going to win pretty comfortably here. I've mentioned several times on the show, I think Cease is a very overrated pitcher who had one very good year who's pretty mm-hmm. mediocre. But you're looking at the Orioles, of course. They are one of the best teams in the league record-wise, and they have yet to wrap up the division, so these games still matter for them. The White Sox, all they have left to play for is pride, but they don't have any because they keep getting blown out. They fired the entire front office, and it seems like the players don't really care. I can't back a team that just actively does not care about winning, and it seems like, once again, the White Sox are waiting for the season to end while the Orioles are still trying to improve their playoff positioning. So I'm on Baltimore. I don't mind the run line here. We saw in the series opener on Monday, it was not pretty. Uh, the White Sox got buried 9 nothing. They showed no life throughout. I can't back a team that, once again, is not going to try like on the for the opposite spectrum, you have the Nationals who are not competing for anything, but at least they're playing hard. At least they're finding ways to win games. The White Sox seem like they don't even care, so I'm not going to back yeah. them. Give me the Orioles on the run line as well, and they win comfortably. Yeah, I think this bullpen has been terrible as well for the Chicago White Sox uh, this season. So, I Alante hit the nail on the head about the issues. Um, with the uh, location and command that Dylan Cease is having, I mean, 19 walks. Over his last five starts, I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. And seven of those came against the New York Yankees, who only mustered one whole hit and didn't get any earned runs off of Dylan Cease in that span. But, I mean, the Oakland A's tagged him for eight earned runs in his last start. He allowed five walks in that game as well. So um, I agree with, uh, with both of you guys. Baltimore here on the run line. I'll take a look at Baltimore's team total to go over in this game here as well. Uh, all right, guys, before we get over to the next game uh, on the Wednesday schedule, uh, let me tell everyone about DraftKings. Uh, college football fans, are you ready for week one? Football week one, college football is uh, kicking off on Thursday, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking, hooking you up 
with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on uh, college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. Your team could go from unranked to dynasty mode in just a couple of years. Change comes fast, but the only thing not to lock is a great offer from DraftKings Sportsbook. Life's more fun when you're in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook now and use promo code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly. When they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at Sportsbook.com slash football terms. All right, gentlemen, let's get over to the next game on the uh, board here. Another afternoon start here for us on the MLB schedule. It's going to be a 110 Eastern start. The Cleveland Guardians, they are in a battle with the Minnesota Twins um, in Minnesota. I'm currently seeing Tyner Tanner Bybee is going to start here for the Guardians. And I'm currently seeing Sonny Gray is going to get the start for the Minnesota Twins. Um, Lions are minus 155 in favor of the home team, the Minnesota Twins here, plus 130 on the money line for the Cleveland Guardians. Total set at A with juice towards the under at minus 118. Run line minus 1.5, plus 142 for the Twins, and plus 1.5, minus 170 for the um, Cleveland Guardians. Start here with Tyner Bybee, who's been really solid this season for the um, Cleveland Guardians. He's 10-3 and on the season. The 3.01 ERA, he's been really good over his last five starts as well. Three and one with a 2.70 ERA. He's only allowed nine earned runs and 30 innings pitched uh, in his last five games. On the road this season, five and one are with um, his record with 3.94 ERA. Uh, he does give up a couple runs when he does make his starts. In three straight starts, he's allowed at least two earned runs, but he's been very respectable uh, for this Guardians team. The Guardians have won three of his last four starts. Did face Minnesota earlier this season uh, where he did go five innings and allowed three earned runs in that game to the Minnesota Twins. On the other side, we have Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray on the season, got off to a great start uh, on the season. He's 7-6 and six with 3.06 ERA. He's been really solid over his last five games, at least pitching-wise, but the, the Twins just haven't been able to give him that run support um, over his last five games. They've been alternating between win-loss, win-loss over his last five games. Coming off a really solid starting against the Texas Rangers, one of the better offenses in this league. I know they've been um, mustering here a little bit over the past couple of weeks, but seven innings did uh, Sonny Gray, Gray go in that game. One earned run he allowed, four strikeouts in that game. Um, I'm leaning towards the under in this game here, at least in the first five innings. I don't trust that Minnesota bullpen. I don't know how many times I've seen, seen the season where their starter just absolutely comes out and pitches so well. Uh, for this, um, for their team, the Twins, and then just the bullpen comes in and just gives up three, four runs within that next inning where that starter is pulled. So, and, uh, like I mentioned, I mean, these are the two top teams in the AL Central. Maybe not much of a battle for the division here, but um, I, I think these two pitchers can go along well here. I like the first five under uh, in this game. Um, if I had to make a pick on the side here, I lean here with the uh, uh, Cleveland Guardians. I like what I've seen from Tanner Bybee over the last um, uh, five starts and over the season. Uh, we've talked about him a lot on the pod, and I like what I've seen from him uh, over the course of the season. So full game, Guardians on the money line, but I really do like the first five um, under uh, between these two pitchers here, Lante. Yeah, I lean to Cleveland also. I think both pitchers are pretty much – it's pretty much a coin flip um, yeah. as to who's better. So I think that, like you mentioned, the separation isn't far uh, apart from both teams. I think Cleveland um, has some value as an underdog here with it being – with me valuing each pitcher about the same. Um, I do like the over. Uh, I can see where you're going with the first five under, but I think outside of that um, – you know, outside of both pitchers, when they go to the prospective bullpens, I think we might see fireworks here. I mean, both offenses have been playing really well. Cleveland's over in six of their last ten. Um, they're also hitting like right at right right almost at two seventy um, in their last ten games, so they're hitting the ball pretty well. Minnesota's also over in eight of their last ten. Um, they've scored seven plus runs in four of their last five games, double digits twice. Um, in that span, Cleveland five plus runs in three of the last four. So I think we can see some fireworks here early um, later on. I'm hoping I'm rooting for you under Munaf, uh, but I'll be rooting for the over uh, once we get what a two three type of game here. 
Yeah, I mean, I, it's I'll, I mean, I don't know how many times I've I've bet in under in a Twins game just because I think their offense is just so bad, yep. um, and just for their bullpen to come in and just absolutely yep. just mess it up. So I, 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 that's why I just trimmed it down within that those first five innings. Uh, Scott, what do you like for this game? Yeah, I agree with the first five under. I think Bybee's a guy that I definitely want to be buying on. As for Gray, I've not been the biggest fan for the last couple of months, but he was good last time out. In fact, he was really good against Texas as he ended up going, I believe it was seven innings, and he only gave up one run. So he was in good form there. Uh, he has actually been pretty good in three in a four of his last five starts. He's allowed less than three earned in four of his last five uh, so I do think, once again, Gray's in pretty good form. I see a low-scoring start to the game. Maybe the bullpens blow it, so I'm not going to bother. I'm with you. I'm on the first five under. All right, let's get over to the next game on the board. It's going to be a 2:15 Eastern start. San Diego Padres, they are in St. Louis to take on the Cardinals. Rich Hill gets to start here for the Padres, and Miles Mikolas gets to start here for the St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals are a slight home favorite of minus 115. Minus 105 on the uh, money line for the San Diego Padres. Total set at 9.5 with juice towards the under at minus 122. Run line minus 1.5 plus 160 for the St. Louis Cardinals and plus 1.5 minus 192 for the San Diego Padres. Here's Scott. What do you think about this game between the Padres and the Cardinals? I hate this entire series. I know it was supposed <laughs> to, I think it was supposed to be Darvish who was going to start, but now he's injured. So they had to bring in Hill to start instead. I think I'm just going to lean to the over. In this one, I really don't have a strong opinion on the side because I really don't trust either pitcher, which makes this tricky. But I don't like Rich Hill. That acquisition has not exactly worked out for San Diego. Then again, I don't know why they acquired anybody at the trade deadline because they should have been selling (laughs) off half the team. Nicholas have roasted on the show, pitches to contact, not good in general. Both bullpens are not good either. I'm going to lean to the over. They find a way to score runs. Yeah, I like the first five over in this game between these two pitchers. Um, I mean, if we're going to go full game, I'm not going to be mad about that either. But Miles Mikolas, the Cardinals have lost four of his last five starts uh, for the for the Padres. Um, the He came out of the bullpen in his last game against the Brewers, did Rich Hill. But prior to that, he made three starts. Two came against the Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, lost both of those games. And then against the Dodgers, he got torched by uh, by the bats. Six earned runs he allowed in three uh, innings pitched, did Rich Hill to the Dodgers. You take a look at Miles Mikolas' last two starts. He's allowed 12 earned runs and 10 and two-thirds innings pitched to the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets. So, yeah, I think we see a runs in this game. Just fade both pitchers. First five over, full game over, uh, whichever way you want to dice it up. But, yeah, I agree with Scott. Definitely see runs in this game here, Lante. Yeah, I don't got much. I like the, I, I like the over. I mean, both both of these teams are are miserable. Although I did bet St. Louis um, today, so I think I think they'll they'll win today. But yeah, I, I can't put money on Nicholas. I can't put money on the Padres. I don't trust either organization. So I'll just root for uh, high scoring attack. So I'm, I'm with you on I'm with you guys on the over. All right, let's get over to the next game on the schedule. We have a. 2:20 Eastern start between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Chicago uh, Cubs. Brandon Woodruff gets a start here for the Milwaukee Brewers, and Kyle Hendricks gets a start here for the Chicago Cubbies. Um, no totals yet, obviously, because we are waiting for the wind direction in Wrigley Field, but we do have money lines. Uh, Milwaukee is a minus 105 road underdog here, and minus 115 slight home favorites here for the uh, Chicago Cubs. Uh, big series for both of these teams, right? I think the Cubs are still in the battle for a um, wild card position, and the Brewers trying to um, maintain uh, the division uh, in the NL Central here. But uh, Lante, what do we got for this game? Yeah, I'm going to keep riding the hot hand. I, I like Milwaukee here. Um, I've been really impressed with what they've been doing offensively. I mean, the defense and the pitching has always been there. I think some guys are ascending and coming on well. Woodruff being one of those guys. I mean, since his return, he's only allowed over two earned runs once. Um, in his last four starts, so he's been going. He's been going well. One thing I'm worried about is his uh, his home runs. He's allowed six in his last four starts. You know, since his return, multi home runs in two of those games. So he's got to kind of limit the hard contact. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I just like what I just like what Milwaukee's doing. I took some 30, 30 to one for them to win the World Series. Long shot, uh, but. If they can get at the top of that rotation, you know, Burns, if Woodruff can keep going how he's going, Peralta has been pitching well. Man, if they could get those going with this offense, I think they're dangerous. Uh, I'm not really a fan of um, Hendricks. Hendricks is going, right? They didn't switch him, right? 
Yeah, Tendricks, from what I can Yeah, I mean, he, he, he's, he's been fine, but, I mean, I, I'd much rather have the hotter team here in Milwaukee. I, I think they sweep uh, Chicago uh, in this series. So I like Milwaukee on the run line. I like them on the money line also. Yeah, Hendricks on the season has been okay. I mean, the win-loss record isn't there for him, but last five games, uh, one and two with a 5.00 ERA. The Cubs have lost four of his last five starts. Three of those four losses have come by two or more runs. Um, and then for Brandon Woodruff, uh, since he has returned uh, from the injury for the uh, Brewers, uh, he's, he's, he's been all right. I mean, three and one with a 2.65 ERA, 41 strikeouts and nine walks. Last five games has been impressive. Three and uh, one with a 2.89 ERA. Did face the Cubs earlier this season. Six innings he went in that game. Only allowed one earned run off of three hits. Eight strikeouts in that game. And the uh, Brewers have won four of his last five starts, including three straight starts. Um, did have a rough outing against the uh, Texas Rangers. I mean, but sometimes who isn't? Um, but the Brewers were so able to uh, win that game uh, with their offense nine to eight. So, uh, I, I'll, I'll lean with the hot team here as well, the Brewers. Um, I think when the lines do come out, I may look at a team total under for the Cubs. I feel like um, Brandon Woodruff has had a lot of success in his career against the Chicago Cubs here. Let me see if I can pull that up. Uh, while Scott, what do you think about this game? Yeah, I was looking at the Cubs team total under. Uh, the total is going to come out very low because there's a lot of wind blowing in at Wrigley. Okay. According to Ballpark Pell, 24% decrease in home runs and a 16% decrease in runs. Woodruff I also really like. He's one of my favorite pitchers in the league. The problem is he's never healthy. But you're looking at what should be around uh, a, d- a double-digit amount of wind uh, in terms of miles per hour blowing yeah. in. So Woodruff has had a bit of a home run issue, but once again, the wind should take care of that. But I think, once again, Woodruff's a very solid pitcher. Hendricks is okay. But if you're asking me which pitcher is more likely to give up runs through a bunch of singles and doubles and non-home runs, the answer is Hendricks because Hendricks just gives up a lot of contact anyway. Milwaukee's won a bunch of games in a row. I like Woodruff a lot. I'm on the Brewers as well, but I would look for the Cubs team total under. Maybe first five team total under, but the point is I see a pretty low-scoring game. Brewers win 4-2, to something like that. Yeah, uh, Woodruff last three starts against the Chicago Cubs. He's gone close to uh, 18 innings, officially uh, 17 and two-thirds innings pitched. He's allowed, uh, let's see here, a total of 11 hits, three earned runs over those last three starts. Um, but those, all those runs, like Scott mentioned, the home run ball has been an issue for Brandon Woodruff. All three of those runs that he gave up to those Cubs in those last three uh, starts were all home runs, all solo home runs. So um, if the wind is blowing in, like Scott mentioned, again, uh, double check the, uh, uh, I was going to say injury report, but check the weather report. That wind is going to be blowing in. Uh, this might be a good start here for Brandon Woodruff um, to get the job done here. Uh, all right, guys, before we continue the uh, conversation here, let me tell everyone about underdog fantasy. August is almost over, and you know what that means? You're running out of time to draft your fantasy football teams uh, for your home draft or whatever that case might be. But get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you have to do is do one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. Set it, forget it, and underdog does the rest. Try it out. With Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament, the largest fantasy football contest of all time with an absurd amount of $15 million for prizes. And what's even more absurd, $3 million is going to go to the winner of that Best Ball Mania Tournament. So do you have what it takes to win it all? The time is now. The last day to draft your fantasy football team is September 7th. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com and find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code SGPN to get your first deposit doubled of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. Concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER. And we're also uh, brought to you by the SGP Patreon. Make sure that you check out our Patreon. Sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL Win Totals Contest with a $1,000 first place prize. This week's uh, Patreon uh, Pick'em Contest is all week one for college football. The Patreon is a great, great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. So again, get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Again, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. 
All right, boys, let's get over to the next game on the schedule here. It is going to be a 307 Eastern start between the Washington Nationals and the Toronto Blue Jays. Patrick Corbin, left-handed pitcher, gets a start here for the uh, Washington Nationals. And Chris Bassett is on the mound here for the Toronto Blue Jays. Blue Jays are overwhelming minus 220 favorite, plus 180 on the money line for the Washington Nationals. Uh, total set at 8.5 with juice towards the under and minus 115. Run line minus one and a half, minus one hundred five for the Blue Jays, and plus one and a half, minus one fifteen for the uh, Washington Nationals. It's Patrick Corbin Day. Uh, let's see what we got here, Scott. What do you think about this game? So Corbin has been a fade for at least a lot of us for the last couple of years. However, he's actually been pretty good lately. Uh, last four yeah. starts, twenty three and a third innings pitched, a two point seven ERA. They've also won four of his last five starts, so the Nationals have actually done pretty well when he's pitched. I do think Bassett's the better pitcher, obviously, so it's going to be tough for me to make a full case for an over in this game. I'm leaning to the under uh, because I do think that, once again, Corbin is in decent form. I am pulling up the Toronto numbers against lefties this season. Uh, They're pretty good against lefties. They're 10th in OPS. I think for this one, I'm going to lean to the under. I have faith in Bassett to pitch pretty well, and I do think, once again, Corbin has been in pretty decent form lately. So I see a lower-scoring game. I'm going to lean to the under. I know it's going to sound dangerous because Corbin, we know, can get shelled. But Toronto's also not the greatest at converting opportunities, and I do think Corbin can get into some trouble, find a way out of it. Toronto wins the game. The problem is 220 is an insane price to fade a very hot team in the Nationals. So I think for this one, I'm probably looking at more of an under because I think that you're going to see a lower scoring game. So that's where I'm leaning. I don't really have a strong opinion on this. I thought about maybe Nationals plus one and a half. But once again, I really don't have much here. I'm just going to lean to the under. Monte? Yeah, I'm going to keep riding Washington, man. I, I lost on them. They jumped out to a 1-0 league. I mean, excited, and they, they proceeded to get buried. But, um, yeah, I'm on them again today. I'll be on them again tomorrow. Uh, Corbin, like you mentioned, I mean – I've been fading him for a while, as have you two guys. I mean, he's only allowed over three earned runs once in his last five starts. Uh, he's been pretty good on the road versus solid offenses. Um, Boston, Philly, Cincinnati, I think he pitched well in all of those games. Uh, Bassett, I mean, he's okay, but he's prone to giving up a couple of runs, too. He's allowed four earned runs in three of his last five. Uh, that's separately in each of those three games. He's allowed exactly four earned runs in three of the last five, and he's allowed a home run in six straight games. Now, Washington's offense, I mean, they're more than capable of getting hot and going on a run here. So I think we see some runs. Uh, I can see Corbin, you know, letting up a, maybe three, four runs um, on the road. I mean, three would be perfect because I think they'll be in line to score uh, a little bit more. Um, Washington will uh, on the backside. So I think. I like the over. Um, I like Washington. Uh, might might play Corbin uh, first five also just to get a, a little bit more um, exposure on Washington as if I don't have enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Chris Bassett has given up a home run in at least five straight starts to throw out what I'm seeing. Um, and like uh, Scott alluded to earlier that this national team still pr- playing with some pride, unlike the Chicago White yeah. Sox or some of these other teams. Um, yeah. And anytime I try to go trust Chris Bassett, he just absolutely blows up. So I'll take the plus money here with the Washington Nationals. Why not? Um, I think that, again, like we mentioned, feisty bunch. Corbin is in pretty good form here. Um, I know Scott mentioned that the Blue Jays have been pretty good season long against left-handed pitching, but at least over the last two weeks, they've tailed off to below league average. So um, I think the Blue Jays, uh, or sorry, the, the Nationals can sneak one out here. So I'm on the money line here for the Nationals at plus 180. Um, all right, next game on the board. Let's go over to the West Coast, 345 Eastern start. Uh, we have the Cincinnati Reds. They are in San Francisco to take on the Giants. I'm seeing Hunter Green is going to get the start here for the Cincinnati Red, uh, Reds. And uh, Logan Webb is on the mound here for the San Francisco Giants. Giants are a minus 155 home favorite, plus 130 on the money line for the Cincinnati Reds. Total is set at eight. Uh, run line minus one and a half, plus 130 for the uh, Giants, and plus one and a half, minus 155 for the uh, Cincinnati Reds here. Scott, what do we got for this game? I'm going to go with the Giants. Uh, The question is, do I want the full game run line or the first five run line? 
I think I'll take the full game because Webb can go distance and I like their bullpen. But I know I said Cease might be the most overrated pitcher in the league. I think Hunter Green's up there. I don't think he's very good, simply put. I think he's a classic good stuff guy, but he gives up a ton of home runs and a ton of runs. So if giving up runs is the most important part, or I should say preventing runs as being the most important part of a good starter, and he never seems to have clean outings, I don't think he's very good. Like Hunter Green, I understand he can throw 100 miles an hour, strikes out a bunch of guys, gives up a ton of hard contact. I don't think he's very good, so I'm going to fade him. I think Logan Webb is a very solid pitcher, and he's been very good at home this season. So I'm going to go with the Giants here on the run line. I just think that Webb, once again, is going to pitch well. I saw the Reds officially put McLean on the IL, who's been one of their better hitters all season long, so that's going to hurt the lineup. But I'm going to go with the Giants because I really don't think Hunter Green is that good. And I understand, once again, he was a very intriguing prospect, and there's still a long way to go because he's still very young. But stop giving up runs, and I'll think he's decent. So I'm going to go with the Giants. Yeah, I know um, Logan Webb is coming off of two rough outings, but can we blame him when it was against the uh, Braves in both those last two starts where he gave up nine earned runs and 11 and one-thirds innings pitch? But um, he's really solid um, – in San Francisco, pitching for the Giants at home. Uh, if you just kind of look at it over the course of his career since, I want to say, the 2020 season, uh, he's been really good, um, especially on the run line, I believe, for the Cincinnati, uh, Sorry, for the San Francisco Giants. Um, you mentioned it, Hunter Green. I, I think that at times he has the stuff, the fastball. He can get up to 102 miles per hour, but he also gives up a lot of walks as well. Um, and again, like Scott mentioned, that he also gives up a lot of home runs there as well. So Giants are still playing for something. I know the Cincinnati Reds are, are trying to hold on by a thread, but I definitely have the better pitcher on the mound here with Logan Webb. I'll look at the run line full game here for the San Francisco Giants. Minus one and a half, plus 130 for me here. Uh, Lante, what do you got? Yeah, I'll make it a team ride. I, I like San Francisco a lot here. And I'm not really the biggest San Francisco fan, but I think in this spot against Hunter Green, who I'm not a fan of either, Scott, I mean, off the injury, he hasn't been any better than what he was before he came on. Two games, uh, 15 hits, 13 earned runs. Yeah, he's going to throw it hard, but again, I mean, I don't, I don't really – I'm not really a fan of his stuff either. I mean, he throws hard, but, I mean, that's pretty much it as far as, you know, location and throwing guys off with, um, with some of his off-speed stuff. I, he's just a wood trick pony for me, uh, and that's why I don't, I'm not really a fan of him. Um, Webb, like you mentioned, got roughed up by Atlanta, but, I mean, everybody gets roughed up by Atlanta. Uh, so I like the San Francisco team total as well. Uh, I think they can get off and uh, – I think they can tee off against Hunter Green. So look for that team total in the first five and full game. Also, uh, on the run line, they've covered six of the last ten in San Francisco. So I like the run line, like San Francisco's team total to go over also. 410 Eastern Star, the Houston Astros, they are in Boston to take on the Red Sox. I'm seeing Framber Valdez is going to get the start here for the Houston Astros. And Cutter Crawford is getting the start here for the Boston Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox are a plus 120 home underdog, minus 142 on the money line for the road team, the Houston Astros. Uh, total is set at 10. Run line minus one and a half plus one fourteen for the Houston Astros and plus one and a half minus uh, sorry uh, plus one and a half yeah minus one thirty five for the Boston Red Sox here Scott what do we got for this game for me this line kind of feels a bit right I wanted to lean to an under based on the pitchers but I don't know if I can based on how good these offenses have been particularly against each other we have seen a lot of runs recently for this one I think I'm going to lean to Houston I see a one forty one on Caesars. I'll take that, but we know Valdez was very close to a no-hitter last time out. He's, in general, I think a better pitcher than Crawford. Crawford's been pretty good recently, but I do think Houston's offense is better at this point in time. We saw Tuve hit for the cycle yesterday. The team is in good form. I'll lean to Houston here, but I think it's competitive. I just think, once again, Houston has the better bullpen, the better lineup, and that's good enough for me. I'll lean to Houston at around minus 140. Dante, what do you got? Yeah, man, I don't want to bet against either one of these teams, to be honest. Uh, I've been on the overall series even uh, like a week ago when they played each other. Um, Boston's played in 11 straight overs. Um, the winning team of um, of the last five games that they've had between each other has scored seven or more runs. Um, 
each team has alternated double-digit um, point outings. I think 17, and what did Houston score yesterday? Went off 13, 14? I like yeah, 14. I mean, they were up there. They scored. Yeah, so they they, were, it's yeah. been back-to-back games well, where plus. each team has scored double digits. So I don't think much changes here. I mean, I respect both pitchers. Uh, I really do. And Crawford's been solid at home. I mean, he hasn't allowed over three runs in his last three home starts, and he's only allowed over three earned runs twice in his last 12. So he's been pitching the ball. He's been pitching really well. Um Framber is going to be Framber. I mean, like like Scott mentioned, he had to no hitter going. Um, I just, I mean, both of these offenses are just too explosive for me to take a side. If I had to take a lean, I'd lean with Boston at home um, at plus money. But outside of that, I love the over. Uh, I don't think it can make it high enough. I think it's going to soar over with how these offenses have been playing. Yeah, I mean, these are two of the, two of the uh, hotter teams as far as uh, swinging the bat. I know Seattle has just been absolutely just – crushing everything that's been uh thrown their way uh over the last couple of weeks here but Cutter Crawford has struggled in Fenway Park uh 0-3 with a 5.68 ERA he's been pretty good as of late um at least at Fenway Park but I mean I just don't want to bet against either one of these offenses right now it kind of does give me concern that Framber Valdez is coming off of uh throwing I want to say he threw 114 pitches in his last outing if I'm not mistaken going for that no hitter um did get pulled obviously uh you want to save his arm for the um for the playoffs um just because of the astros are are struggling this season now they picked up verlander like we talked about but the astros actually lost three straight starts so that framber has been out there uh for the houston astros i know the last start was against the uh detroit tigers where the tigers uh, put up four runs in that bottom of the ninth inning and, and walked it off to get the victory there against the astros but um, I feel like this might be a game where Framber may struggle a little bit. If you want to go back to the August 1st game against the Guardians where he did throw that no-hitter, uh, seven strikeouts in that game. He did allow one walk with that following start, which was against the Baltimore Orioles. In seven innings, he allowed six earned runs um, in that game. And over his last five starts, he's pitched a lot of innings, man, 35 and two-thirds innings. He's gone at least seven innings in four of his last five starts. So I feel like this may be a game where that – Maybe some arm fatigue does catch up to him, but like I like Lante mentioned, I think that we'll see a lot of runs between these two offenses, especially with the way the Astros are swinging the bat right now. So I do like the over ten in this game. Uh, next game on the board is going to be a four ten Eastern start between the Oakland A's and the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Zach Neal gets to start here for the Oakland A's and Bryce Miller is on the mound here for the Seattle Mariners. Uh, the Mariners are a minus 265 home favorite plus 215 on the money line for the Oakland A's total set at eight and a half with juice towards the under at minus 115 run line minus one and a half minus 120 on the uh, Mariners and plus one and a half even money for the Oakland A's. I mean, I'm not sure if we need to say a lot here, especially the way that the uh, Seattle Mariners are swinging the bat right now. Um, but Bryce Miller on the season, 8-4 and four with a 3.90 ERA. Uh, he's made two starts this season against the Oakland A's. 12 innings pitch in those two runs. Uh, one earned run, four hits allowed in those two starts, and 16 strikeouts in that span against the Oakland A's. He's in five. Five and two of the three point five three ERA. The Mariners have won three of his last four starts. A's um, trying to pull up his numbers here. So he is one and zero. Does have a six point eight eight ERA. His last start was uh, his first start of the season, I believe, which came against the Chicago White Sox. He went five innings in that game, allowed two earned runs. Does give up the long ball. He dealt out two home runs uh, to the Chicago White Sox in that game, but the Oakland A's offense carried them to victory 12 to 4. I don't think we could get in front of the Mariners train right now, guys. I mean, the way they're stringing the bat here right now, uh, Bryce Miller has been dominant against the Oakland A's in his two starts. I think this one is pretty simple for me. Mariners minus one and a half, minus 120 on the run line here, Scott. Yeah, I'm not going to add anything else. Seattle's a freight train. Oakland's a double-A team. I think Seattle knows how important each game is because they've been playing like it for a month, and they're also in a three-horse race for the division title. I'm taking Seattle. I think they win this game comfortably. I think you guys pretty much broke it down. Seattle Seattle team total over. Um, I, I want to get it under that one and a half. I want to get it under that 120, but maybe some alternate minus two and a half. Um, you could probably get plus money on that if I, if my eyes are calculated correctly. Two well, and 120 a half. isn't even that bad. You're you're saving yeah. over a dollar. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, then again, they're on the home but... team, so I guess that's the argument. But you're saving yeah. over a dollar facing yeah, I mean, the worst team in the league with the hottest team in the league. I think it's actually a decent deal. Yeah, eight, only eight at bats, and then you, Oakland can you know hit a home run late and cut it from from six to four to six to five or whatever. I, it's just it's it's hard for me, but I, I understand it. I mean, I'm kind of contradicting myself because I'm on them um, on the money line. I mean, on the run line today, but it's at plus price. But it's a plus price though, so. But, yeah, I don't think we need to break it down anymore. I just find it a bit weird that it's like minus 260 for the full game. And usually, if you had to take the run line for that, it would be around like minus 140, give or take. Like I feel like 120 is actually a decent deal for this money line price. Yeah, that was a number that came in my mind. Yeah, I think that number is definitely going to climb. But again, if the Mariners on uh, Tuesday night... (laughs) uh, On Tuesday night... um, I think if they do get the victory again against the Oakland A's, I think that number is just going to climb. Um, but again, I mean, that's just a train that I don't want to get in front of right now is the Seattle Mariners. Uh, all right, guys, next game on the board here. Um, let's go over to Detroit. 640 Eastern start between the New York Yankees and the Detroit Tigers. Garrett Cole is on the mound here for the New York Yankees. And Matt Manning is on the uh, mound here for the Detroit Tigers. The New York Yankees are a minus 162 road favorite here, plus 130, sorry, plus one, yeah, 36 on the money line for the New York Yankees. Total is set at eight. Um, Garrett Cole, well, let me, let me start with this. Um, I, I've backed Garrett Cole, the, uh, Garrett Cole this season, and I'll just mention this on my handicap here for this game, but. He's been a guy that I want to I want to back at home. Um, he's been outstanding at, at Yankee Stadium. I think he's like what twelve and two or thirteen and one uh, in those games. I'll have to double check on on that. But um, I, I know this team hasn't. Obviously, we've talked a lot about the Yankees on the pod this season. They're just not doing very well. Um, but I'm not sure how much I can trust Matt Manning here um, going up against the Yankees, even though the how bad the Yankees offense has been. On the season, he has been respectable, 3.93 ERA. He's been pretty good over his last five starts here as well. Did have a solid outing against the Houston Astros uh, in his last game, uh, six and a third. He only had one hit to the Astros. Um, Four to one victory there for the uh, Tigers. I think that was the one game, the game that they walked off in the bottom of the ninth against the Astros with Framber Valdez on the mound. But the Tigers have won three straight start with uh, Matt Manning on the mound here. I'll lean towards the under in this game. I think Garrett Cole, I mean, he's in that conversation, or not in the conversation, but he's the odds-on favorite right now to win the AL Cy Young. But he's he's pitched really well this season. He's been good on the road as well, 4-2 and two with a 2.48 ERA. Did get roughed up by the uh, Red Sox two starts ago, but bounced back uh, very nicely against the Tampa Bay Rays in his last start, seven and two-thirds innings. Only allowed three hits, one earned run, 11 strikeouts against the Tampa Bay Rays. So, um, I'm going to go with the under eight in this game. I think both pitchers can go along well here. If you want to take the first five under as well, I don't hate that either here, Scott. But what are you thinking about uh, your team against the Tigers with Garrett Cole on the mound? Yeah, I'm looking at the first five under. Uh, you said that you said it in passing, but that's my favorite play. Uh, Cole, we know, has been good this season. He's going to win the Cy Young most likely, but he's been good against Detroit in the past. Small sample size, but 57 career plate appearances, a 148 batting average, and a 193 on base percentage. So Cole has been nails against this team. And Manning, you mentioned before, has been good. But even with the Yankees winning yesterday with Severino pitching a gem, they still couldn't score. They only scored four runs. So I think that, once yeah. again, you're looking at what should be a lower-scoring game. I think the Yankees might win it, but this could be a 3-2 type game, 3-1. Could be really just a rock fight. I'm going to lean to the under. This number feels a bit low. Uh, this number feels a bit high. But the bullpens have been an issue for both teams recently. Clay Holmes has not been good either. So I do acknowledge the Yankees' back end of the bullpen has not been great. I'll go with the first five under. I could really see like a 2-1 game, maybe even like a one nothing game through five. I'm going to lean to the first five under. Uh, Lante, what do you got? Yeah, I think both of you guys hit it on the head. Uh, I wanted to take... I wanted to take Detroit's team total first under in the first five to go under because, like you mentioned with Manning, I don't really trust him as much. And I mean, the Yankees they didn't have a good game yesterday, it was pretty much just one inning. I think they went back to back, Judge and uh, who was it, Scott? They went back to back with Judge. I can't remember who it was. I'm trying to even remember, but it was early in the game, but it was mostly Severino who just carried the entire pitch. Yeah, no, no, it was this, this was this was late in the game. This was maybe like the seventh inning, eighth inning. I think they went back to back because it was like. One nothing or zero or zero zero. I thought Judge Homer early in the game. Did he? 
Um, maybe maybe I'm just remembering it wrong, but uh, yeah. Either way, the offenses are not going to be there. I think Cole he'll he'll put the nail in the coffin for his side. Okay, yes, yeah, so you were right. It was Judge and Torres who went back to back in the seventh. Okay, cool. Yeah. So okay. I mean, like, just not a lot of offense. Um, and I think Cole will pitch a gym, of course, put that nail in the coffin for the Cy Young. And I'm looking at Detroit's team total to go under because if Manning loses a little bit of control, Judge can take him deep. Um, you know, the lineup at the top will, will probably pretty much expose him. So um, I do like the first five under, but I like the Detroit team total to go under um, in the first five even more. All right, let's get to the next game on the board. 640 Eastern start the Tampa Bay Rays. They are in South Beach to take on the Miami Marlins. Zach Eflin gets a start here for the Tampa Bay Rays and Jesus Lazardo gets a start here for the Tampa Bay. Uh, sorry, for the Miami Marlins. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, the Rays are a minus 115 road favorite here, minus 105 on the money line for the Miami Marlins. Total set at seven with juice towards the under at minus 115. Run line minus one and a half plus 154 for the Tampa Bay Rays and plus one and a half minus 185 for the Miami Marlins. I'll start here with Zach Eflin. Eflin, we've talked a lot about him being a pitcher that we want to back at Tropicana Field in Tampa because he's been so good at home. Uh, on the road this season, it's a different story. Three and four with a 4.37 ERA and 10 starts. Last five games, he's two and two with a 3.21 ERA in five starts. Um, he's allowed 10 earned runs and 28 innings pitched. Did have a start earlier this season against this Miami Marlins team, and uh, he got lit up in that game. In four innings, he allowed five earned runs off of seven hits to the Miami Marlins. Um, and he did take a loss in his last game, which was against the Yankees, which I believe that was a game we just talked about with Garrett Cole on the mound yeah. uh, for the Yankees. Um, but he did have a good outing in that game, though. Six innings, seven hits. He only allowed two and runs, 11 strikeouts in that game for Zach Eflin. Uh, on the other side, excuse me, is Jesus Lazardo. Uh, he started off the season real well for this Miami Marlins pitching staff. Um he is 9-8 with a 3.77 ERA, but he's gotten into trouble over his last five games where he's 1-3 with a 6.65 ERA. He's coming off a great outing against the San Diego Padres where he allowed six, uh, sorry, uh, two hits, six innings of shutout baseball, seven strikeouts in that game. But prior to that, he had taken three straight losses to the, uh, the Rangers, the Yankees, and the Astros, all of which are really good teams against left-handed pitching. And that's the same story here for the Tampa Bay Rays. Over the last two weeks, the Tampa Bay Rays are number seven in WRC plus against left-handed pitching, number four in team batting average. They are number, let's see here, number 15 in slugging percentage and number nine in uh, OPS against left-handed pitching. I feel like this number is a little conservative here on, on seven. I kind of like the over on that seven. I think that the Rays are going to be able to get to Jesus Lazardo. I don't trust Zach Eflin on the road here. Um, as far as a side, I'll go with the Rays here, but my more of a favorite play is going to be over seven in this game here, Alante. Yeah, I'm with you. I thought it's too, I thought it was too low. Um, I bet it today also. Uh, I thought it was too low. And I mean, Lazardo, you know, he's been getting blasted outside of that game that you that you just mentioned. I mean, four plus runs allowed um, in four straight, allowed multi home runs in three of his last four starts. I mean. Tampa, like I said earlier, they've been well in a previous episode. Man, they've been really, really good despite all the distractions and everything that's going on um, with them. So Eflin, I mean, I'm not as down on him as I think you are. I think he's fine. He's not far away from home, so maybe he could take some of that some of that magic and uh, and pitch a gym here. Uh, two runs or less allowed in his in four of his last five starts. So I like Tampa here. Uh, I think the price is short. I think the the total is extremely short. Um, I think Tampa's team total would probably get over this number by itself, especially with how Lazardo has been going. So uh, I like Tampa team total over. I like the full game over. Um, and I might sprinkle on a run line. Yeah, that race team total um, will probably come out at three and a half with it on the on close to uh, even on the money line here. So I do like that race team total, like you mentioned there, Alante. Uh, Scott, what do you got? Yeah, I think we're all on the same page here. I'm going to lean to the over because I think this number is too low, but I am going to go with the Rays. Lazardo was good his last outing, but I can't tell if that's because he figured something out or because the Padres, once again, are just really, really bad at baseball. So I'm going to go with the Rays. Savali's been in good form, but it's mostly just backing the much better offense against a team that really can't hit at a cheap price. I'll take the Rays money one. Uh, it seems like the um, the... 
Angels have officially waved the white flag here because they just put I think like five different players on waivers here. <laughs> Lucas Giolito, Matt Moore, Ronaldo Lopez, Hunter Renfro, and Randall Gritchick all on waivers. They put Giolito uh, on waivers? They, just, they traded for him like a month and a half ago. I know yeah, it's been that, terrible, that but all right, that's, that's really <laughs> that admitting that been. you got fleeced. Right. Okay, so, sure. so, what's right. up, so what's up with Shohei? Like, ha, has the news came out? Like, is, is he going to have another Tommy John, or what's going on with that? Have you heard anything? No, he's just going to keep batting. He keeps putting up good Yeah, numbers. he's just going to keep trying to get home runs, but I think eventually in the offseason, I think that might be something that's uh, unavoidable for Shohei. Um, whoa, whoa, it hasn't. Can, can you read off those names again? It was Giolito, Grishik, Ronaldo Lopez, and Hunter, Hunter Renfro. Renfro. And okay, so Renfro was the only one in that list that they did not trade for at the trade deadline. So they admitted that three of their acquisitions were terrible. Yeah. Yep, okay. Pretty much. Making sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Next game on the board here. Let's go over to another 640 Eastern star, the Texas Rangers and the New York Mets. Um, Dan, uh, Dan Dunning is on the mound here for the Rangers. And Kodai Senga is on the mound here for the uh, New York uh, Mets. Uh, looking at the lines for this game, I'm currently seeing the Mets are a minus 118 home favorite, minus 102 on the money line for the Texas Rangers. Total set at eight and a half with juice towards the under at minus 118. Run line minus one and a half plus 160 for the Mets and plus one and a half minus 192 here uh, for the New York Mets. Um, I'll leave this one off here. Um, Okoda Senga has been a guy that I want to trust when he's pitching at City Field for the Mets. Uh, you just take a look at his home and road splits uh, this season. At home, 5-3 and three with a 2.64 ERA uh, in 13 starts at home. You compare that to his road starts. Um, it does have a 5-4 and four record, but the ERA is about 1.2 um, higher at 3.82. Over his last five games, 3-2 and two with a 3.16 ERA. Uh, 11 earned runs and 31 and one-thirds innings pitched. Uh, his last start was against the Angels. He went six and two-thirds, allowed two earned runs, three walks in that game, 10 strikeouts he did have in that game for the uh, New York Mets. Um, the Mets have actually won three of his last four starts, but like I mentioned, he did take a loss uh, in his last start against the Angels where no run support was given to Kodai Senga. Uh, they only scored one run in that game, did the New York Mets. Um for the Rangers, it is going to be Dane Dunning, who's been pretty solid this season for this team. Nine and six with a three point three six ERA. He's a one and two in it with a three point six four ERA over his last five starts. The Rangers have lost three straight starts when Dane Dunning is on the mound. His last uh, outing, he did get roughed up by the Minnesota Twins. He allowed four uh, earned runs off of five hits, six walks. He allowed in that game to the uh, Minnesota twins. And they did go on to lose that game. 12 to two did the uh, Texas Rangers. Um, you know, like we talked about earlier, like Scott mentioned, three teams are battling it out for that AL West um, uh, division uh, crown at least. And I think that every game matters for the Texas Rangers, but they've been struggling at least over the past two weeks here. Um, I'm, I'm going to roll the dice here, man. Sanga has been good to me, especially when he's pitching at home. I'll go with the Mets here. I don't like the form that the Dane Dunning is in right now. Um, I think that Senga will go along well here. Maybe look at a strikeout prop here. But I'm going to go with the Mets on the money line here, uh, here, Lante. What are you thinking about this game between the Mets and the Rangers? Yeah, I was hoping that we get that we got Senga as a little bit shorter of a price, maybe as a dog, like as a slight dog. Um, but I, I like him too. Uh, I like him on I like him on the money line as well. Um, I probably split up a bit and go first five, uh, half first five, and half full game. Uh, I mean, I don't like the way Dunning is, has pitched. I mean, he's been all right at times, but not trustworthy enough to where, you know, I can back him here. Um, he, Senga also only allowed one home run in his last seven starts, so he's not giving up the long ball, and we know that's the issue with this, you know, when you're facing the Texas team because they're so good, well, they have been so good um, this season. But I'm not really trusting Texas right now. It's hard to trust the Mets, I know. Uh, I'll split a unit first five and full game. Uh, just pretty much a bit on Singa. It's not really a bit on the mitts. Uh, Scott, what do you got? So I'm going to lean to the first five under here. I just like both pitchers. I don't trust the Mets offense. And the Rangers offense hasn't been as good lately. But I do think when you're looking at this overall pitching matchup, it's two pretty good options. Dunning's had a very good year in general. I know he might have been roughed up once or twice recently, but the Mets we know are an underwhelming offense. I like the first five under. 
Should be at like four and a half with a full game total of eight and a half. Seems a bit high to me. I see like a 2-1 type score after five. Once again, both bullpens not great, so I'm going to stay away from that angle. I'm just going to go with the first five under. All right. Uh, next game on the board we have. Uh, let's go over to the city of Kansas City. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Royals battle let out 8-10 Eastern start. Mitch Keller on the mound here for the Pittsburgh Pirates and Brady Singer is on the mound here for the Royals. Um, currently seeing, uh, I do not have lines for this game. Do either one of you see lines for this game? I do not. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. Um, I mean, I can just kind of go through the pictures here and give our general thoughts here, but um, I'll, I'll start here with Mitch Keller. Um, I mean, we've talked about how bad he's been since the all-star break for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um I think he had a solid start in his last game, if I'm not mistaken. He's been good uh, in his last three, but for the most yeah. part, he's not been good since the All-Star break. Yeah, I think his best start since the All-Star break, which came against the Cubs, eight shutout innings, four hits he allowed in that game, six strikeouts. And prior to that, uh, he had a good outing against the Cincinnati Reds and also against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, and the Pirates have actually won three straight starts with Mitch Keller on the mound. Brady Singer on the other side for the Kansas City Royals on the season has an ERA above five at 5.15. He does have an eight and 10 record has been. Uh, he's been all right over his last five starts, two and two with a 3.94 ERA. Well, just to uh, be clear, a- I don't I don't think Singer is going to pitch in this game because okay. I see reports that he's having some arm fatigue. He's expected to skip his next time through the rotation. So okay, well then let's just scrap everything I just said. Then. I'm gonna say I'm assuming um, Singer's not going to pitch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if yeah, if he's dealing with arm fatigue, then he's probably not going to pitch here. But I mean, I guess I don't have much then with the with uh, without a pitcher for the Royals. Um, I just mentioned, like we mentioned, that Mitch Keller's in good form here. Uh, either of you have anything, Lante? You have anything for this game? No, I would just lean over. Um, Pittsburgh team total to go over. That's about it. That's probably about it. All right. Uh, Scott, anything? Yeah, I, I would lean Pittsburgh if Singer pitches, but I'm assuming he's not going to. So, yeah, I got enough. I guess I'm still leaning to Pittsburgh, but it's mostly just because Keller's in good form. All right. Uh, two games left here, and this is another game that we don't have a pitcher for, at least for the Atlanta Braves. Um, 8.40 Eastern start in the Mile High City. Kyle Freeland is going to start here for the Rockies. Again, no pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Um, I mean, I can talk you through Kyle uh, Freeland here, but I'm not sure if it matters who's going to pitch for the (laughs) Atlanta Braves just because, number one, they are in Coors Field. Last night, they put up, what, 14, 15 runs in that game uh, against the uh, Rockies. Kyle Freeland just hasn't been very good. I think there's no secret around that. I think that's an understatement. Over his last five starts, one and two with a 5.79 ERA. Uh, he's allowed 18 earned runs and 28 innings pitched. He did face the Braves earlier this season, I believe, in Atlanta. He allowed seven earned runs and four and one-thirds inning pitch off of nine hits. He's allowed at least three earned runs in five straight starts. Sorry, four earned runs in uh, three of his last five starts and three earned runs at least in five straight starts. The Rockies have uh, alternated between win-loss, win-loss here, but his last five games, we've seen a minimum of nine runs um, and the other four games, 12 runs, 10 runs, 11 runs, and 16 runs. So I think that this team total is probably going to be at seven and a half again for the Braves. I'm not afraid of that number. I think they get a double digits here against Freeland, uh, but I think it's probably going to be Braves or nothing here for me or probably just Braves team total. Anything different here for you, Lante? Nothing at all. Mudoff, you hopped in the chat uh, yesterday, man. I hope you took advantage of uh, betting that Ronald, Ronald Acuna to to win MVP at plus money. That'll be gone after he destroys um, destroys the Colorado Rockies uh, in this series. I think he's back yeah. at like one forty ish right now. Yeah. Probably still, it's probably still bettable. I mean, uh, that's the only thing I could take from from this series. I, I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel here with anything. That, uh, everything you just said, I agree with. But yeah, if you shop around, if you see Acuna anything under one fifty. I bet that he's gonna, he had a huge game last night. Uh, what do you have? Like two or three hits? If I'm not mistaken. Get a home run, a double, and two stolen bases. I think. Yeah, I mean, so just that's that's what and attacked by two fans. 
Yeah, yeah, I saw that. They just that. wanted a picture <laughs> and a hug, so you know. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, man, that's that's my only takeaway. Just make sure you find Acuna. I mean, it, it, at plus money yesterday, that was ridiculous. That was that was yeah. ridiculous. Uh, Scott, do you have anything? No, I said going into the series yesterday, the Braves are probably going to score nine plus runs in every game. Yeah. We're one game through, so I'm just going to keep it rolling. I think the Braves bury Freeland and this pitching staff. I still have no idea why Mookie was the MVP favorite in general for a day. I'm not sure if he's mm. even the most worthy candidate on his own team. I would maybe consider yeah. voting for Freddie Freeman, but that's a separate story. Point yeah. is, I'd vote for Acuna anyway. Uh, but Acuna had 60 stolen bases. He's one home run away from 30 and 60. So I'm rooting for him. Uh, but I think, once again, Acuna should be the MVP. I don't think it's very close, in my opinion. So, Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh uh, all right, guys, last game on the board. That is going to be the Arizona Diamondbacks and the L.A. Dodgers. 10-10 Eastern start. Uh, Brandon Fott gets a start here for the Arizona Diamondbacks, and Lance Lynn is on the mound here for the Dodgers. Dodgers are a minus-155 home favorite here, plus-130 on the money line for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Total is set at 9.5 in this game. Uh, um, who has the last game here? Lante, you want to finish this off? Yeah, so um, who who's going for for the Dodgers pitching was? Lynn apparently. I see Lance yeah, okay, Lynn so, right now. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So yeah, I just want to make sure because I've seen somewhere else where it had somebody else. But either way, um, I mentioned at the top that when we were talking about the White Sox, that Lynn, I mean, that Cease should have probably got traded in and he would have ended up like Lynn. He's been pretty good um, since joining the Dodgers in five starts, allowed over three hundred runs. Uh, he hasn't allowed over three earned runs, I'm sorry, and has two scoreless games mixed in with those. Pretty sure that has a lot to do with him knowing that the Dodgers offense is pretty much, they pretty much can bail him out of any situation. So it's given him a little bit more confidence. And I think we all know that confidence is the main thing in all sports. And I think he's got it back. I mean, it's limited contact outside of his last start. Boston hit him pretty well. They didn't score a lot, but they had 10 hits on him. Um, he's pitched six plus innings in four of his last five games. So, I mean, I think you just got to – I think it's short here for, for the Dodgers. I'd lay it on, on the run line and the money line as well. I think the team total to go over is, is a good look also. Scott? Yeah, I'm on the same boat. It's a pretty nice plus price for the Dodgers run line here. But I think when you're looking at how these teams match up, the Dodgers are obviously the more the uh, better team. They're in better form. 44-21 and 21 at home. They're 81-49 and 49 this season. We know how good they've been for about two months. I'm just not a fan of Fod. I don't think he's a very good pitcher. He's 1-6 with a 5.91 ERA. Uh, the Dodgers did decently against him a month ago, and I think, once again, Fod should struggle. Been better lately, but I do think, once again, the Dodgers are just a really, really difficult team to pitch for to pitch against, especially when you're just not a very good pitcher in general. I'll take the Dodgers' run line at plus money. They've been rolling. That's a good enough price for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue it. Um, Brandon Fodd's been a guy that I've been fading all season. And uh, um, as far as opposing teams, uh, team totals, um, cash, I mean, he had a pretty good outing against the Reds, but then that bullpen came in for the Diamondbacks as usual and, and, and messed it up for him. But luckily for them, they did get the victory in that game, 10-8. to eight, But did face the Dodgers earlier this season, four and two-thirds innings pitch. He allowed four earned runs in that game off of six hits uh, to the Dodgers. So I think Dodgers team total uh, is probably the way that I'm going to attack it, whether it's first five innings or full game uh, over uh, against uh, Brandon Fott and the Arizona Diamondbacks. All right, that is going to do it for the Wednesday card. Uh, 15 games on the schedule, a lot of afternoon action to get us through the day. Uh, one order of business left here. That is going to be our lock and dog for the Wednesday schedule. Uh, Lante, you want to lead us off? Yeah, absolutely. I can. Um, so I'll go. I kind of I had this yesterday. I got plus money um, for both lock and dog. For my lock, I'm going to go with something that I haven't been with or heard a lot of people go with um, as their lock. I'm locking up minus one and a half plus 130 on the Phillies on the run line to get it done versus the Angels. Um, I mean, them with their waving a white flag as you as you mentioned earlier with those players not sure they mattered much anyway but that's just a sign right there Detman's on the mound I think they mash him Philly's offense has been locked in especially at home so I think they bury um the angels here uh at home for my dog I'm gonna go with another plus price I'm gonna go with San Francisco plus 113 um on the run line pretty much a fade of Hunter Green not really a fan uh I don't mean Scott broke it down earlier so give me two 
run lines as a favorite in my, I mean, as my lock and my dog. And what price did you say you found the Giants? The Giants? Uh, 130. I'm sorry. I got 113. I can't read Yeah, that's what right. I was going to say. Yeah, I 130. Saw right. yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. 130. Yeah. Thank you, Scott. Uh, Scott, what do you got? All right. Uh, so for my lock, I'm just going to stick with what's worked for the entire month. Give me the Mariners run line against the Athletics at minus 120. I think it's actually a bargain because, once again, with them being roughly minus 260, you're assuming it'd be minus 140 on the run line. There's no way 120 is going to be there uh, by the start of this game. So I'll take it now before it moves. So give me the Mariners run line as my lock. For my dog, I'm actually going to take Lante's lock. I'm going to go with the Phillies run line here against the Angels. There's really nothing to like about the Angels, and now they got rid of a decent amount of players that they acquired. So they admitted that their all-in push was an all-time failure. But I think looking at the Phillies, they're in great form. Uh, We saw the power once again yesterday. We know that Harper has started to hit more home runs. Turner's been good lately. Schwarber has turned into Adam Dunn, but it's been working for him. So he's going to keep either hitting home runs or striking out or walking any of those three true outcomes. But I'm going to go with Philly here on the run line. It's a very good price currently at around like plus 136. I think it's a great deal. I see that line dropping. But it's a matter of one team playing for something and one team's not playing for something. I see 130, actually, as the updated line, so I'll take that. Plus 130 fade in the Angels, though. It's a good deal for me. I'm going to take it. All right. Uh, All right. For my lock, I will take the over seven and a half now uh, on the Marlins and the Rays game. I know we talked about it when it was seven, but... I guess money just came in on the over in that game, but I still think that number is too conservative at seven uh, and a half uh, between Zach Eflin and Jesus Lazardo. Rays, like I mentioned over the last two weeks, I've been doing really well against the uh, against left-handed pitching in general. I think the Marlins could get a couple off of the Rays here as well. Um, I do like the Rays team total, whether that's going to be at three and a half or at four or four. Um, I think that gets over the number as well, but seven and a half still seems a little too conservative here for the Rays and the Marlins. Uh, for the total so over seven and a half for me uh for my dog um let's keep fading the white Sox, man give me the baltimore orioles run line minus one and a half plus 125 uh on the run line there uh dylan Cease, we talked about hasn't been in great form at all this season as she's just given up a lot of walks he's given up a lot of runs over his last five starts baltimore orioles are still batting it out for the ALEs and and trying to stay at the top there um, and they still have something to play for while the White Sox with all the front office moves and all that this team probably just has checked out now but I think the Baltimore Orioles we saw it on Monday night got the nine nine nothing victory there even if Dylan Cease has a good game but this bullpen has just been atrocious not only all season but also over the last two weeks uh, for the Chicago White Sox so at a plus price of minus 120 sorry plus 125 on the run line, uh, I will take the Baltimore Orioles uh, as my dog pick of the day. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the MLB Gambling Podcast. Uh, we will be back tomorrow, as usual, uh, in some form or fashion to break down the Thursday card. Uh, if you haven't already left us a rating and review for the MLB Gambling Podcast, uh, please do so. It really helps us grow the show. If you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel for the MLB Gambling Podcast, uh, please go ahead and uh, hit that subscribe button. And if you're watching us live, uh, please go ahead and hit that like button for us as well. Um, Lante, anything else we want to mention before we get out of here? No, that's it, man. That's it. Scott, anything else? No, not really. Looking forward to the games tonight. Yep. Uh, shout out to everybody in the chat, the usual suspects, Randy, Matthew, TVDBJ, um, Captain Insano, as usual. Thank you, guys. As always, make the show go by, and it's a lot of fun interacting with you guys. So appreciate everybody in the chat uh, there as well. All right, we'll be back tomorrow. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.